0: And we begin with, good day, sir.
1: <laughs> Geeks come in all shapes and sizes, um, and that uh, they come into all kinds of things. <laughs>
0: uh, I was thinking more about the Satanic Panic.
1: By the scholar Gary Gygax. Well, wait, hold on. I said good day, sir. Not defending Roman slavery by any no, stretch, by- but. God, that's bad. Let them vote. Fuck off.
0: When historians, and especially British historians, yeah. want to get cute. Oh, it's, it's in there. Uh, okay. it,
1: it is not worth the journey.
0: This is a Geek History of Time, where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher at the 7th grade level, and right now an English teacher at the 7th grade level here in Northern California, with a 2-year-old son uh, who uh, has has recently started sharing with us the names of his classmates, usually with the phrase, no-no student verb of thing they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> because because that's what he's bringing home from daycare. Nice. Yeah. Uh uh no no Killian, uh no no play water. Okay. Uh yeah. Uh no 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 puddles, Miss Tracy, teacher. Said. Okay. No, no playing in puddles. So wow. that's what I've got going on in my <laughs> life right now. Who are you?
1: I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher, I'm a history teacher in Northern California. Um, and I have no cute stories like that because I have a 10 year old and a seven and a half year old. So they're fully verbal, uh, often to their own detriment at times. Uh, sometimes
0: too verbal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, but it's, it's, it's all good. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, okay. So last time we talked about Ronald Reagan, uh, even though you promised we were going to talk about Conan the Barbarian.
0: Well, they're tied together. Okay, show me now. And, and okay, well that's that's my whole thesis here, uh, and and I want to I want to open mm-hmm. a little bit here because right right where we left off because I think this is important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Carter, President Carter, yes. Reagan's, Reagan's predecessor,
1: the man who sold his family peanut farm because he didn't want he there to didn't be any want
0: there to be any any appearance business, any even. appearance of any kind of. Uh, a trouble like that and of course whose whose brother wound up then embarrassing him horribly yes. by by being forced by by the government to register as an agent of the libyan government yeah but anyway well, um, jimmy
1: carter the guy who rejected a south florida property because he didn't want the idea he didn't like the idea of there being a a, White a, House a, a, in Florida. A,
0: a, a summer White House. Right, yeah. That was too decadent to That was too decadent. Yeah. Hey, decadence. Howard, there we go. There you too go. Too decadent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Carter was seen, mm-hmm. fairly or unfairly, as ineffectual, hapless, a hippie dip, and unmanly. Yes. Okay. We, decidedly we come, we unmanly. Decidedly We've got to come back Come back to decidedly unmanly. Mm-hmm. He was and is, of course, a pillar of moral rectitude and amongst the best men ever to hold the office of president of the United States. One of the smartest too. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, but in 1980, everybody was pissed at him. Yeah, because he was the figurehead, and the world sucked. And yes. there was just like, if if anybody could wind up stuck in a no-win situation politically, yeah, like like it was it was. Going into the eighty election, there had to be this place, like sense the back of everybody's head on the Democratic side that mm-hmm. like we're 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 pushing a rock up a really steep hill. Well, Ted like,
1: Kennedy couldn't stand him; like he blocked.
0: Oh well, yeah. And that, universal health care. Yeah, because and that, he didn't and that, like and it, that, and that couldn't help. That right. didn't, didn't help
1: at well, all. Well, it's because he ran as an outsider, and yeah. you can't run as an outsider um when your party. How to put this, when your party has morals, yeah, and stands for principles and is a coalition party, you can't run as an you outsider. Can't do that. Yeah. The only time you can run as an outsider or an insurgent is if your party is lockstep behind you, yeah, and zealous, yeah. So,
0: yeah, not that like that ties in with anything going on in the world today nope. at all. Nope. No, we're talking um, about the 1970s, allegories for chumps, we've proven that, yeah. Um. Uh, so oh,
1: I thought Allegory uh, invented the internet.
0: No, he 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 contributed to the environment that allowed it to be invented.
1: Oh, okay, cool. But cool. yeah. So so um, the internet is largely allegorical.
0: Nice, nice timestamp. Four twenty okay. You're back on. I'm 4. back,
1: baby. You're back.
0: Um so my my the next line in my notes says hither came reagan speech in hand.
1: <laughs>
0: reagan campaigned with the slogan no shit. Let's make America great again. Look at the fuck up. My next note says pause for contemplation. <laughs> oh.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. The 1980 campaign
0: slogan, let's make America great again.
1: No. Now, I'm a Latin nerd, so I'm going to address the grammar difference between that and make America great again. America great great again, again. yes. Let's make America great again is what we call a uh, hortatory subjunctive. Okay. Make America great again is what we call a imperative. Okay. Hortatory subjunctive is a command, but it's what we call the gentle command. It's, okay. come on, let's all get together and do this. Let's go.
0: Follow me, yes. boys, follow me. Now, it's clearly yeah. a when command. You think you really be?
1: <laughs> It's clearly a command. Yeah. However, um It, it, it is, feels
0: like an invitation.
1: It is, yeah. Um, it, is,
0: it is hortative. You are exhorting. Exactly. Whereas exactly. the imperative is... Do it. I'm telling you... Motherfucker. Right. Yeah.
1: Hortatory is inclusive. It's always in the first person. Okay. Imperative is demanding. It's always it in the, the second, second person. person. Okay. So I would just like to point out
0: <laughs>
1: that the great communicator, which yeah. he was called and he, and he, he deserves aptly named. How yes.
0: Much, how much you hate the man.
1: Right. right. Yeah. You, you have to respect. Well, <laughs> actually, I'm going to say this about both men. Um... Ronald Reagan had a specific genius that worked at that time yes um and it it made people feel good yeah um,
0: which everybody needed
1: yes um the current president has a specific genius that works at this time it taps into feeds everybody's on, rage and, and fear and fear fear, fear. fear. yes
0: uh, the the moment the moment in the Republican convention of 16 mm-hmm. When he literally said, and I, I don't remember the specific quote, but I, I want to say it was, I am the only one who can save you. I alone. I alone. It was even worse than I'm yeah. the only one. Yeah. I alone. I alone, I alone yeah. can save you. Like, like I genuinely do not know. Uh-huh. Like, I don't get mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. paradigm, the mm-hmm. worldview, the mindset. None of that quite, quite gels around the concept I'm trying to get. But I don't. I genuinely have not been able to figure out mm-hmm. how that line mm-hmm. can be not chilling. Right. Because, well, like...
1: If you look at the picture of it, it's yeah. very much Citizen Kane.
0: <laughs>
1: you know? And The whole and, thing was. And yeah. my
0: statement still stands. Yes. I don't, like... Yes. But somehow...
1: Well, it's, it's warm under the wings of a dragon that just burnt down your village. Yeah, okay. Um, but I my point, my larger point here is this. Uh, both slogans are both. attached to both men who are extremely effective at communicating on their own terms.
0: At a particular time where they doing something important to the zit guys.
1: Right. That at any other time, they would have fallen away long ago. But at those times, that particular kind of narcissism. yeah. Caught fire.
0: Yeah, so so Reagan's plan to fix the economy. Oh God. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> Cut taxes and eliminate regulations. Quote: "Government isn't the solution. Government is the problem."
1: This it the guy who got public
0: assistance it, as, a, as child. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, but he 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 later in a quote where he was you know denigrating. Mm-hmm. You know, public assistance programs. Mm-hmm. He he talked about, you know, my, my fam my childhood, you know, I grew up in a time where there weren't public assistance programs because for part of his life he did. Yeah. And, and those public assistance programs fed him. Right. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Okay. Again, we go back to, you know, oh. the Democratic Party left me as horse shit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is where supply side economics appears on on the stage in US mm-hmm. political discourse. At the time Which has even, been
1: proven wrong time and time again, by the way.
0: Oh well, yeah anyway. since, since then, yes. Even at the time, there at the time, even other Republicans thought he was crazy or an idiot. Yes. His own eventual vice president mm-hmm. mocked it, mocked it as voodoo economics. voodoo economics. He was a cold warrior to his core mm-hmm. who spoke far more confrontationally about the Soviet Union than Carter had.
1: Well okay, so here's the difference. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He cheated Uh in the one debate that he had with Carter. Somehow his campaign got a hold of Carter's Carter's, Carter's, Carter team's prep notes. And in that debate, that's the moment where he asked the question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Right. Which has gone down in political history. And in that same debate, Mm -hmm. also having gone down in history, is there you go again. Now, the context of that, Mm -hmm. I think, is important. Carter mm-hmm. had had a I don't know minute and a half attack essentially a right. rebuttal to something that Reagan had said yeah where he said you know um, you're you're talking about Social Security in this way I you know uh, you this is just like back when you spoke out against Medicare mm-hmm. which we all now recognize as being you know a fundamental, Benefit, you know, right? Part of our social safety net, and you have a history of being against all of these kind of things, and you're mm-hmm. just, you know, knee jerk against any kind of, you know, you're, any you're, social aid, any, any, any kind yeah. of social anything. And Reagan turned around with, "There you go again," mm-hmm. and his response took the teeth out of Carter's attack, right? Without, in my opinion, having having read the context, actually answering the accusation, yeah. He said, you know, at the time, I was in favor of different legislation, Mm -hmm. you know, to achieve that end. That's not in the historical record. Right. I mean, no. Show show us the receipts. You said, this is where we lose our freedom. Right. About Medicaid. Like, We literally have it on wax. You made albums of this. Yeah, you made albums of this. So...
1: Um, didn't he also, like, he, because he, Carter wrote a bunch of zingers that he was going to hit him with. Yeah. And didn't he find some way to blunt each one of them, too? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, which, By
1: the way, when Al Gore got a hold of the binder of all of Bush's talking points in 2000, he turned he, it over he, to the FBI. Yeah,
0: he handed it over. Yeah. Because there's, there's
1: one thing Democrats do. It's they lose with dignity, I guess. Uh, yeah, I yeah, fucking... and
0: Stick to principle over over utility. Utility. Yeah um reagan ran a relentlessly upbeat campaign Mm -hmm. touting american exceptionalism and promising brighter days ahead it's morning in america now i'm trying to remember was that 80 or was that 84 i don't recall morning morning in america was 84 it was because again it was are you it was it was going on the same theme of are you better off now than you were four years ago and he won another landslide
1: this was it's the the city on the hill right He's drawing on his
0: his his speech about City on the Hill is is here, yeah. Yeah. Shining City on the Hill. Yes. Um, his campaign played up his image as a vital masculine.
1: Mm-hmm. Get back to that
0: again, Matinee Idol from his movie days, and both during the campaign and later on, he cultivated an image as a cowboy. Mm-hmm. He won. In an electoral landslide and with a majority of the popular vote. Right. He got just over 50, 50 point something percent. Mm-hmm. His margin probably would have been bigger if Anderson hadn't been running as an independent. Anderson mm-hmm. was a moderate Republican mm-hmm. running to, to counter Reagan's hard right oh, wow. everything. And he didn't get any delegates he didn't he okay. but, but he but he drew off sure the cream off the very top of, of yeah. Reagan's margin uh, after he took office in 81 Reagan signed the economic recovery act which cut the top marginal tax rate from 70% to 50 lowered the capital gains tax from 28% to 20% right more than tripled the amount of inherited money exempt from the estate tax right and cut the corporate tax right he ballooned the deficit with all these tax cuts. He said, "We're going to cut taxes, right. but productivity is going to go up, and we're going to make money."
1: Right, never happened. We'll be greeted greeted as liberators yeah. and paid in oil. <laughs> uh, I'll put uh, 1.5 trillion dollars into, the, uh, into stock the stock market, market. and yeah. only 50 billion into fighting a virus.
0: Yeah, I saw that post today. That's that's yeah. meaningful. Um, He ballooned it like, just just like a jiffy pop pan on the stove. Um, He increased military spending because, of course, we had to worry about the missile gap with the Soviets. Right. Missile gap, in quotes. Uh, Because a Republican controlled Congress had, had in 81, I want to say it was 81, turned down salt. Right. still had to worry about the missile gap. Um, And so national debt more than tripled. Between fiscal year 1980 and 1989, it went from 914 billion to 2.7 trillion.
1: At that time, heretofore oh, unheard of. Number. A, a, yeah, just
0: yeah. yeah. He never, in all of his eight years in the presidency, mm-hmm. he never submitted a balanced budget. Right. And debt as a percent of GDP rose from 33 to 53. Now, during his tenure in
1: office, in World War II, when we were spending money on shit that blows up, <laughs> not a good investment. Not no no bad it, return on investment. Well,
0: well, I shouldn't say bad return on investment because we got rid of Hitler, but. Right. Anyway, return on investments But, but in terms really of a material
1: return, yeah. <laughs> um, if it works, you can't use it again. And yeah. if it doesn't work, you shouldn't use it again. <laughs> like like it's too dangerous to pick up. Yeah. You're yeah. you're also exporting it only, you're not getting anything no, back for it. Yet. You know? Yeah. At that point, our our debt to GDP ratio was fifty-two percent.
0: Yep. Cold War, baby. Right. We're gonna break the Soviets by outspending them if we don't do anything else. Which, by the way, wasn't actually a conscious tactic, but that's what wound up happening. Um, As I mentioned already, he Mm -hmm. increased military spending. He Mm -hmm. placed missiles in Germany to counter the Soviet deployment of their own mobile missile systems. Right. uh, And upped the confrontational nature of policy. Yes. He dubbed the Soviet Union the evil empire. Evil
1: empire. Now, now there, there there, are a couple things and I, I you know, I have a, 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 hate, boner. a hate boner for, for Reagan. <laughs> he offered, now whether it was genuine or not, he offered, which means it goes into the lexicon. He offered to denuclearize completely in a meeting with uh, Gorbachev. Yes. He did do that. Now, whether he was serious, I don't care. He offered it. That's something. Um, he also, again, that great communicator bullshit, it's true, he, he... For for those, for those listening at home, Uh, the, I I could,
0: I, he, he gritted, Damien gritted his teeth so hard, I could hear them crunch across the table. I don't know if the mic picked it up. Probably not. Anyway, continue.
1: So, he, he communicated very well with Gorbachev in private while publicly keeping that yeah
0: maintaining maintaining the confrontational front right. while while behind closed doors being like okay you know let's, let's be real let's, here. let's talk yeah uh,
1: which is a good argument for absolute rulers uh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah as I mean Metternich had the same idea oh, yeah. When, well, yeah when there yeah. weren't nuclear weapons yeah um so he did that he also what 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 was the other thing I was gonna point out he he um, had to do with had to do with uh the cold war, um, you said he stepped up the rhetoric, uh, which yeah. is true. Oh, he also uh got us involved into the uh strategic defense initiative,
0: yes. S, I don't bring up SDI, <sighs> right. Because SDI is after oh, good point. The time point. period that I'm, okay. That I'm talking okay,
1: and about. yeah, a lot of things I'm bringing up are, are, are after are later, so yes, but but
0: yes. they they tie in they do mm-hmm. tie into the theme of the thesis here, yeah. but. Also, so, he's
1: getting all of his advice on how to do shit from an astronomer in San Francisco, or an astrologer. An astronomer would it be a step it would, up? Would be yeah. Um, I mean, because like his, non
0: sequitur, but a step up, yeah. right?
1: Uh, yeah. But like, he's getting advice from an astrologer. Like, he's setting meetings. Yeah. Based on some hippie based on, woman. Based on, based on in weird, SF. Yeah. No, I know.
0: Like, what a- the fucking fuck? After he fried the hippies. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, he, he developed and enacted the Reagan doctrine, which mm-hmm. led to American support of anti-communist insurgent forces across the globe. Uh, the idea was to try to roll back communist gains made mm-hmm. during the earlier, earlier phases of the cold war. Generally he decried social program spending as socialism. Mm-hmm. He dog whistled consistently about domestic social assistance programs mm-hmm. like, like, to, oh. to modern ears, mm-hmm. it is obvious and disgusting. Yes. Um,
1: oh, and, and he, he also brought crack into. Yeah. This, this, this <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. in to order pay, to yeah. pay
0: for the Reagan doctrine through right. the CIA. Right. Uh, and uh, his labor relations board was consistently and strikingly anti union. And Wait, that Reagan, pun, Reagan? And that was, pun was on purpose.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so
0: so he broke the back of the air traffic controllers, right? Which was which was the very first mm-hmm. like was his, like hammer blow to the right forehead.
1: And then he got that was after he got shot, right? Yeah, yeah. I I literally just talked about it in the dark crystal episode, and it's already yeah, yeah. left my head. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was after he got shot. Which, by the way, him getting shot is the thing that helped his numbers a lot.
0: Oh, catapulted his popularity. Yeah, yeah. his his approval rating. Shot up, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, to boil down the mm-hmm. themes that are involved in his policy, and, and at this point, I'm going to stop talking about Reagan for a little while. He's talking about military might, yes, confrontation with a great enemy, mm. individualism, and the denigration of community assistance. I'm starting to see a theme here promotion of self reliance, mm-hmm. exceptionalism, vigorous masculine virtues. He pushed a narrative of national resurgence. Through hard work, struggle, mm-hmm. and individual freedom.
1: That was the point I wanted to bring up last time. By the way, okay. Um, we talked about the the punchy punchy fight with uh, uh, the awful, Howard with Howard, uh, and yeah, how wonderful that was. And I went I went he... in on the the futurists. Yeah, but it also occurred to me uh, that you've got Howard. And his love of this violence and this, this yeah. exceptionalism and basically, like, the chattering classes, the bad the bad people are weak ones and they, they have yeah. to use tools and shit like that, right? Yeah. How Nietzsche can a guy get? Because that is some Nietzsche shit right there. Yes. And Nietzsche died 10 years, 11 years before Howard was born. Yeah. And, I mean, he went crazy 15 years before Howard was born. But yeah. he died, you know, 11 yeah. years before Howard was born. Um, and well, Nietzsche you know, feeds big time into well, fascist Nietzsche, ideology Nietzsche, and Nietzsche, stuff like that. Nietzsche
0: and the idea of the Ubermensch feed really, really hard into that. Mm-hmm. What I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. this is this is my own interpretation of it. Okay, is the Nietzschean ideal mm-hmm. and what Howard idealized
1: mm-hmm.
0: are I'm gonna say parallel. Okay um howard was less concerned with the idea of of an ubermensch mm-hmm. operating outside of the idea of good and evil i mean it it becomes that because he writes this character as being this cynical amoral survivor right but his focus like like all the time his his focus and and he wrote about this at great at like n- Wearying length to 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 uh, Lovecraft was this this idea of 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 vitality, right? And 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 you know, masculine strength and all of this, and and the Nietzschean idea of the exceptional individual Mm -hmm. is not so much a part of of Howard's thinking, if that makes sense. It does, except for you know, uh, he,
1: he, this being in the front of the movie. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. okay, okay, But
0: I'm getting there. All right, all right. Because because that mm-hmm. what you just showed me, which yeah. I'm about to quote here in a moment. Okay. Or well, yeah, moment, yeah. Because I got to talk about the background of the movie. When I get talking about the film itself, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that, okay. and that's that's how it mutated.
1: Okay. So it's it's kind that's, of
0: that's Milius.
1: Okay. Coming in again, Arthurial tent yeah. turns out doesn't mean shit. It's, yeah, it's yeah. George Lucas yeah. misinterpreting Buddhism.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Totally. So I can um, see that with Milius, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I have that I have, whole fucking I, class. I, I have bearded I, white dudes. Yeah.
1: Auteurs of the seventies.
0: Yeah. Uh, really loving the full idea of, of, of full of bullshit yeah, wanking all of, off. On whether all whether they're individualism they're shit, yeah. left or right. They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah, all. They're all pricks okay so anyway so so the, those are all of the themes in reagan's policy with a side order of latent racism and homophobia thrown in for flavor and now mm-hmm. finally we get to talk about the movie cool conan the barbarian um conan goes to the movies licensing issues <laughs> there's isn't that just an image sitting there with a bucket of popcorn yeah and the, the, the the atlantean sword sitting on the chair next to yeah, him yeah, you know, yeah. So licensing issues prevented a movie being made through most of the decade of the '70s. Nobody. So they've been trying out. to. They, yeah oh yeah yeah, uh, Millius in particular from from a very early of course Millius in yeah, particular well, yeah duh, so so but from a very early stage.
1: Are we going to talk about Millius because you he's, and I know he's, he's come, the audience. Yeah, he's okay, no, he's good. coming up. Good, good.
0: Um and and so people had been trying to make the movie, and and it stayed in development hell. Forever. Because there was legal stuff and nobody could figure out how to do it. And eventually, simplifying the whole thing, Mm -hmm. eventually those issues got worked out. But other problems kept the project in development hell longer Mm -hmm. until John Milius agreed to direct Mm -hmm. using a modified script written originally by Oliver Stone. Right. And Edward Pressman, who Mm -hmm. who had the production rights, Mm -hmm. agreed to co-produce with Dino De Laurentiis with De Laurentiis financing and getting to keep all the profits, but with Pressman having control over casting and script decisions. Wow.
1: Okay. Okay. And wasn't Dino's... And that's Dino's... the simplified version. Yeah, and of Dino's daughter more. was in on that, yes, too. Dino's, yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Dino's daughter was the active, actual, yes. day-to-day runner yes. of things. Milius wound up having a very heavy hand in the scripts that got filmed. Mm-hmm. Now would be a good time to review his earlier screenwriting credits. Okay. Jeremiah Johnson... Robert Redford playing a mountain man. Right, Apocalypse Now. I didn't know he was in on the writing.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, and makes sense because his one of his one of his colleagues going through film school was yeah. Frankie Ford
0: Coppola. Uh huh. Speaking yeah. of auteurs with beards, right? And an uncredited draft. <laughs> Say the both of us. Of, by the way, <laughs> yeah, an uncredited draft uh-huh. of Dirty Harry which he also directed. Good God. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It gets better. His remarks about that Dirty Harry script, (laughs) he says his contribution to the film was, quote, a lot of guns and the attitude of Dirty Harry being a cop who was ruthless. I think it's fairly obvious if you look at the rest of my work, which parts are mine. The cop being the same as the killer, except he has a badge and being lonely. That's that's a quote from an interview he gave to Film Comment magazine God. that I found on Wikipedia. If
1: if it was any other director, I'd be like, okay, they made a satire, and we all took it seriously. No. Yeah, no. No.
0: no. Yeah. No. The film opens yeah. with a quote from Nietzsche before anything gets said. Before, if you can remember back a couple of episodes, the, mm-hmm. the quote that I read into the microphone from mm-hmm. the beginning, uh, Akiro, the wizard, whose name mm-hmm. we don't actually learn until Conan the Destroyer. That's right. Um, before even that And Arnold says it Akiro Akiro Yeah the, the the title card Yes Is a quote The central quote from Nietzsche That which does not kill us Makes us stronger mm-hmm. That's Milius trying to get deeply philo- philosophical
1: <laughs> I like that Milius getting deeply philosophical Is literally two lines long Yeah Yeah
0: 13 year old me Uh huh Watching the movie Thought that was deep Bro.
1: Yeah, I didn't get it when 44 I Forty four
0: year old me yeah. is le- <laughs> Yeah, when you were five. Yeah. yeah. Forty four year old me is less impressed, but it says something about theme. Mm-hmm. The very first part of the movie shot mm-hmm. was actually the very last image in the film. Oh. That image of King Conan on the throne with Oh beard. yeah, that would make sense. You could you know, do that on the, the soundstage. Throne, the throne of Aquilonia. Yeah. Ab- but that is another story. Brow. Filmed in October of eighty on a soundstage in England, mm-hmm. filming on location in northern Spain.
1: What soundstage in England?
0: I is it Elstree? Might have been
1: because that's your connection to uh, Dark Crystal. The whole thing was filmed in Elstree.
0: Okay, could okay. be. I could I'll be. have to look yeah, yeah. it up and confirm. But real
1: quick before you get to northern Spain, because yeah. there's some yeah. fun stuff there too. Um, I, I would just point out that adult me sees that title card by Nietzsche. And I want to argue with it immediately. I'm like, well, no. I mean, because it could make you weaker, and then a parasitic infection could just settle in, or an opportunistic disease yeah. could come in It well, yeah, normally wouldn't have killed you, and this would totally and kill this you. would just totally do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, sorry, Nietzsche. Yeah. yeah so yeah, no. It, yeah,
0: yeah. I, that's that's you know. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the central problem with with trying to distill I don't know how many books worth of work down to you know two lines. Right. You know. Right. Um, So filming on location in northern Spain. Yep. Again, January of 81. The same month Reagan was inaugurated. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. They had thought about filming in Yugoslavia. Right. But Tito had died. Yes. Things became untenably unstable. Yes. And Spain turned out to be cheaper and logistically easier. Right. The script went through several drafts. Milius eventually used several scenes out Mm -hmm. of Stone's draft. Totally discarded all the story ideas. Right. We're going to get to more more on, more on that in a minute. Uh, Milius insisted on practical effects and the use of miniatures. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to use matte paintings or other film effects if he didn't have to. Right. So actually the film does not use any matte paintings. He, he specifically espoused a dislike for magical elements and wanted to tell a story. Here we go. Yeah. Focused on individual accomplishment through effort. Mm-hmm. Again, struggle, perseverance, strength through conflict, Nietzsche. At the same time, truer to what Howard was trying to write. In a way, but with a different emphasis. Okay. Howard, again, was... This is this... this Howard was less concerned about the the power of the individual mm-hmm. and was more interested with this individual exists outside of your corrupt, civilized Oh, Okay, okay. You, you get... You get yeah. the shading there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. yes.
1: Essentially, Howard was smarter than Milius. <laughs> like, Milius' no, understanding is way I'm more simplified. I'm hesitant to
0: boil it down to something quite that, quite, quite that reductive, but right. yes. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> Milius know.
1: is looking at, like, power of the individual. Yeah. And where Howard literally is like, okay, but there's this whole other there's, background. There's this whole
0: other context. That you're setting
1: against. That, that, like, yeah. it's more complex. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Definitely agreed on that. Mm-hmm. Principal Photography was finished in May of 81, mm-hmm. when the film was released in 82. It grossed $68 million in ticket sales. It was a success, but not a blockbuster.
2: Okay.
1: By the by, uh, it was in Shepparton Studios, not mm-hmm. uh, not the other. All right. Not Elstree. Um
0: When it got released on video, mm-hmm. it spent 23 weeks on Billboard's Top 40 for video rentals. I
1: believe it. And Wait, when, what year did it get released on video?
0: Uh, I want to say it would have been eighty-three or eighty-four. Yeah, uh, yeah, that
1: cons. Okay. So <clears throat> home, back when you had to like rent a VCR at the yes, same time.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Home video sales mm-hmm. um, over over a long stretch of time mm-hmm. brought the film's gross up to three hundred million dollars by two thousand seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I want you to look at the longevity of that. Wow. And the scale of that. Yeah. To me, that speaks to the film's influence and its legacy. Mm-hmm. Is that, that that story is still one that people are picking up when it gets re-released on DVD, when it gets re-released yep. like on LaserDisc, right? You know, whatever, whatever the new format is, it gets re-released. People go out and they buy it. Yep, and that's and that's sales. Yes, that's not that's not rentals. That's sales. That's somebody going out and saying, "I want to own a copy of this film." Speaking of sales. Oh, time to shell stuff! Now is a good time to shell stuff.
1: Hello, geek timers. This is producer George, interrupting this podcast to let you know that we have space available. This space could be used to promote your product, book, event, group, even wish a special someone happy birthday. If you're interested in using this space. Please contact us on Twitter via private message at Geek History Time. Well, we're done selling stuff now.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the time being. If, If, though, there is anything you want us to sell. There's still time. There is still time. Yeah. Uh, We still have bills to pay. We still have episodes to to record. To record. We still have children to feed. Yes. So uh, you can reach uh, either one of us individually. Yes. Uh, You can reach me at at E.H. Blaylock Mm -hmm. on both the Twitter machine and Instagram. Yep. And my partner can be reached.
1: At Duh Harmony, uh, both on the Twitter and the Insta. And I'll tell you what, if uh, if you buy space for our show, um, I'll even shave my head. Uh, down to a quarter of an inch.
0: Okay. Yeah. So everybody understands. Uh, right now, I think the length of hair on his head is uh, three eighths of an inch. Three yeah. three eighths. Yeah. All right. Yep. So that's going to be some definite, so, measurable, exact difference there. Yeah. Maybe not to the naked eye, but if you got a ruler, you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're talking about the production. Yes. Going going back to the to the thread here. Yes. Um, Basking
1: in the glory of being. Yeah. Northern Spain.
0: Yes. Uh. (laughs) Good day, sir. (laughs) So the movie departed from the book Mm -hmm. in books, plural, in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. One of the first ones. I started us off on on what is going to be my wrestling opus, it looks like, uh, with that that quote from Akiro at the beginning of the film. I want to read to you Mm -hmm. what was actually published. Okay. As part of as as the opening to, uh, the Phoenix on the Sword. Okay, the very first Conan story ever published.
1: Well, before you do, are we going to get into the amount of injuries that Sandal Bergman caused during the movie?
0: We can we can segue that, on onto that. Okay, because
1: I didn't. That woman was dangerous as fuck <laughs> in that in that movie. Okay, well like, we'll have to yeah. okay we'll have to talk about it. But, All right,
0: but so so to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. of, of the, the beginning of the differences between the film and the okay. books. The books, all of the first story ever published starts with, Know, O Prince, that between the years when the oceans drank Atlantis and the gleaming cities and the years of the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of when shining kingdoms lay spread across the world like blue mantles beneath the stars. Nemedia, Ophir, Brythunia, Hyperborea, Zamora with its dark-haired women and towers of spider-haunted mystery, Zingara with its chivalry, Koth that bordered on the pastoral lands of Shem, Stygia with its shadow-guarded tombs, Hyrcania whose riders wore steel and silk and gold. But the proudest kingdom of the world was Aquilonia, reigning supreme in the dreaming west. Hither came Conan the Cimmerian, Black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a slayer, with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth to tread the jeweled thrones of the earth under his sandaled feet. Wow. So, okay. I mean, obviously it's a lot longer because you're dealing with a printed medium rather than right. a, a, a voice visual at the beginning, yeah. beginning of a visual film. But... It gives you the idea from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. First off, it establishes because you find out like lines later that that Conan is is the usurper king of Aquilonia, right? And he's now built up how awesome Aquilonia is. But beyond that, it gives you the idea that this is a moment in time mm-hmm. in a big world. Yes, that we're now focusing on this on this on this small character, right? Um, the the opening in the film. Mm-hmm. With its brevity, doesn't doesn't give us the the vastness of that world. Yeah, it's it, it's,
1: it puts us in that locale. <clears throat> uh, it zooms us in right away, and yeah. therefore everything that's going on is epic in scale because of their focus on the protagonist. Yeah, yeah, because
0: because that's everything, because that individual, right. Okay, he's, is, he's destined for this great destined, thing. He's destined, destined for whatever.
1: You know, interestingly, uh, you mentioned a bunch of places yes. that show up in the movie.
0: Yeah, Zamora. They get, they get mentioned. They get mentioned uh, in the film. Yeah. I
1: believe Subotai is Harkanian. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, which
0: is to say, a Mongol, right? Because Subutai,
1: right? Historical thief and the, archer.
0: Yes. For those of you unfamiliar with the history, Subotai was a Mongol general under mm-hmm. Chinggis Khan. Yes. So. Yeah, they're borrowing. They're borrowing from clear sources
1: here. Yeah, and then also Stygia. Stygia. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Black Lotus. Black Lotus. Stygian, the, the best. best. Yeah, yeah. Think I would sell Haga. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then what were the others? Um, there were a few others that were mentioned. Yeah. I was just like, Shem. oh yeah, yeah. Well, Shem is uh name of one of the sons in the of Noah in the Bible. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because yeah, uh, and Shem went west, if I recall. Yes. So boom, there's there's yeah. your Lower Kelta. Yeah.
0: yeah. And Hyperborea.
1: Yeah, um, why do I know that name? Is that the um, Upper England?
0: It's it was it was a term used for Thul, the, That's the right. ultimate ul, ultimate Thul, the yes, ultimate Norse Hyperborea. Yes, yes. Borea, yes. Borea Boreal. Because Boreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. got cast in the film specifically because uh, Milius and I don't remember who else saw Pumping Iron, Mhm. and they said. That dude. That's our guy. There were a couple of other people they had considered. Mm-hmm. One of them notably being uh, Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yeah, before they saw Arnie. and uh-huh. went, no, 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 no. no, That guy. <laughs> bigger. Bigger. Bigger and squarer, more Teutonic jaw. That's true. I'm sure had to be part of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he was cast specifically because he looked like the Frazetta covers. Oh, okay. He looks very That's little true. like Howard's Conan. Yep. I mean... His hair is the wrong color. Like, they could have fixed that. Easy Like, fix. like of all the shit they could have done, yeah. didn't do it. But anyway, he was he was a bodybuilder mm-hmm. Mr. Universe with a, with a massive physique. While, again, Book Conan is described frequently as being panther-like. Right. He's strong, stronger than most, but he's not bulky.
1: There's you even know. a line where Conan uh, punches the uh, camel. Yeah. And then everybody's staring at them, and, and Subutai goes, You're too big to be a thief.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, one, one of the, one of the one of the better little little side moments in the film. Yep. Uh, now, book Conan as as a character is exactly as described. What you see on the tin the label on the tin is exactly what you get with book Conan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's he's a character of Brabdognagian kind of kind of kind of nature. He's a hedonist. He's a hothead. Mm-hmm. He's a braggart. Right. Like like several stories of especially younger Conan mm-hmm. start with him. Making some claim that like well now you got to back it up loudmouth,
1: oh, okay. and he gets
0: himself into trouble. But he's like, "All right, fine, right, I'll do it, man." Um, How very Texan. Yeah. Oh, oh, How very yeah. Texan Irish. Oh yeah, it ain't it ain't bragging if you can do it. Right, right, right. Millius's version of the character.
2: Ooh. Is, I have things is, to say.
0: Is laconic mm-hmm. and emotionally, I have here muted, but I've realized that stunted. Yes, is a better is a much better description. Yes, he laugh. We see him laugh. We see him get drunk. But compared to book Conan, he's he's pretty humorless. So and, and he's pretty grim. Yeah. You know? So
1: so there's there's uh, a couple things there. One uh, movie Conan is a young boy who sees his whole village slaughtered and is literally holding his mom's hand as he sees her head fall. Yeah, that's going to stunt you. Desperate. And trauma. then he's sold yeah. into slavery. Yeah, where his whole life is that wheel. And that's very much the you know like y- you you will either die on this thing or you will make that you will become its master, and then he's sold again, if I recall, into pit fighting, um, yep as and, a gladiator. Yep, as a gladiator, and he just spends all his time around people where where death is his only way of communicating. Just
0: life, death, right, the, the same. same.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, he he's so emotionally stunted that the only Goal he has in life is revenge for the trauma that was inflicted upon him. And once he has his revenge, he is empty. He's thoroughly empty and has nothing to do. Now, what's interesting is in the director's cut compared to the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're going to dive into that. I touch on it. Okay. In the director's cut, there's a Captain Ahab scene where he talks to Subutai about how his life could have been different. It's a shitty scene. It, okay. it should have been cut, and it was cut, and it's good that it got cut. It didn't get cut for the right reasons. It got cut for time, um, <laughs> and then at the end, because Millie's his ego. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the end, also, there's a scene where, after he set fire to everything, yeah, um, the 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 princess still kind of cultified She uh, prostates at his feet, and he steps past her. And then he carries her home. And it's a really stupid fucking scene. Instead of he throws, he, he burns it all down. And then that's the last thing that we see. And then it's his crown. Yeah. So in the, the theatrical cut, they do a better job of. And that's the other thing in the movie. Conan doesn't speak much. Now, this is because yeah. Arnold has an accent. Yeah. But in the movie, Conan doesn't speak much. In the same way that in the, the Kurt Russell movie Soldier, Kurt Russell doesn't, doesn't speak, speak much. much. Yeah. And I think the the effect is very similar and incredibly evocative. These are men who are broken men. The only language he knows is violence yep. and conquest, and once he has his revenge, he literally has no other reason to live.
0: Yeah. No. You you Yeah. yeah. There's 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 an awful lot there.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I that's that's why I think this movie is vastly underrated by the way. Oh, yeah. And when you add in those two scenes, you take a movie from being an A movie to a C+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, because they're,
0: they're superfluous and, and masturbatory.
1: Yeah. And they're and not, they not... take away from everything else that's been shown about yeah. this guy. Yeah. Um, Milius missed the point with his own
0: was With, with his own movie. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, Conan in the books, mm-hmm. you talk about the, the emotional stuntedness. Mm-hmm. Conan in the books, like... Sounds fairly middle, self-actualizing. It, it, intensely, like yeah. ultimately self-actualized. And and he'll be in a sword fight with five guys and mocking them. Yeah, Like, that come matter. on, come on, here dog. You know, I mean, wow. you know, you know, borrowing from swashbuckling fiction, all these kinds of right, right. And and, he, and pulp. Yeah, and, and it's pulp. So, but you know, that's that's not who we see on the screen right. at all right. in, in this in this version of the film. And all everything you just talked about, uh-huh. about his childhood, the murder of his people, uh-huh. death of his mother, that's a whole cloth invention. Whole cloth invention. It's a Howard's good one. Conan, <laughs> Howard's Conan was never a slave in the middle of nowhere. He was never a gladiator. Okay. That's all new material to push the weird philosophy that Milius is is oh, trying to wow. shove down yeah, our throats.
1: Yeah. He's I mean, he's in love with Nietzsche.
0: Yeah. And, and, my own notes, Film Conan is a traumatized, emotionally stunted figure of <laughs> idealized macho endurance. What didn't kill him literally made him stronger.
1: Right. Like, yeah. There you go. That's, that's it. Have you ever heard... Blew my di- wad, and now
0: here I am jacking off on the screen. Like right. Again, like... <laughs> okay.
1: Have you ever uh, watched it with the director's commentary? No. So fucking funny. Uh, first off, I, because Milius is just like jerking off while he's talking about it like practically he's like yeah. oh. and there's the wheel and oh and it's all about Nietzsche and he's just just fuck coming all over yeah. Nietzsche <laughs> like... and he's talking about it with Arnold Schwarzenegger
2: <laughs>
0: who, who, who's who's saying like so uh, just make sure the check no, no, oh,
1: no 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 Schwarzenegger it looks as though Schwarzenegger has never seen the movie it doesn't understand how commentary works because
2: Ah. it's so Ah. good because
1: he's like okay so so diane with the wheel but what was the wheel used for why why did they have the wheel well it was probably to grind grain oh okay so then they would take the grain and then they would sell that and make that flour and then they would like and he's like getting into the microeconomics of the fucking wheel and then he's like well where would they get the grain well probably from the next mountain over arnold like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like there's there's like, you know, totally, okay, that's okay. what's going on. So, it's so worth watching like that. Okay. Because so, Arnold does it the whole movie. The whole movie. Poking holes. Not dude. poking holes. Asking the most, like, have you ever had a relative who, like, will come in while you're watching a movie? And they'll come in and be like, well, what's that? Why is he doing that? And so here's like, okay. where were
0: you? Okay, so here's a question. I'm yeah. legitimately asking this. Sure, because, sure. Because, because what I know yeah. about... Arnie's personality. Uh-huh. E- e- everything I've heard about his reputation. Uh huh. What What do you think is the over-under on, on that being him trolling Milius?
1: I don't think so, because he makes other dumb fucking jokes. Oh, okay. It. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, like the the woman that he gets uh, to throw into the fire and yeah. stuff. He talks about her and about how he just saw her at a cigar smoking convention. Oh, okay. Uh, and shit like that. And he makes jokes okay. about, about all, right. all this stuff. But, like, he... He's asking all these <clears throat> agriculture questions. I wonder
0: if he was stoned.
1: That I will I will give you over under on. But but yeah, it's like
0: like that's oh that's the god. kind of thinking that I associate with like you know, right. Okay. How many how many have I had? Right. Like like how like before I come in here how many am I gonna? Yeah. You know. Live yeah. It? So.
1: Oh my god, it's hilarious. You got okay, to okay, watch it at some point. Okay, I got to watch it at some point.
0: Yeah. So the movie. Yeah. Is a revenge epic.
1: Yep, like yep. you said, that's his Absolutely. whole goal in
0: life. Thulsa Doom, mm-hmm. the character borrowed from the books, okay, but in a, but in a completely different revamp. The name is taken. He's a sorcerer. That's uh-huh. the same thing, but his role changes Very entirely. Okay, uh, he murders Conan's family, slaughters his village, and sells him into slavery. Conan gains his freedom, encounters the snake cult, and then pursues a vendetta. Right, likely because of the episodic nature of the stories, because it was it was short stories published sure. in pulp. Book Conan never has this kind of vendetta to pursue.
1: Yeah, because you can't you, you, can't, can't, you, can't, you carry can't stretch that. it over yeah. multiple. And, and
0: when and when you're submitting stuff to to a pulp like Weird Tales, mm-hmm. it's like I'm submitting this to you and you say, well, you know, rework that, throw something, throw something back at me, and then I send you this other thing, and you're like, oh no, this is great as is. Right. I'll make a couple of I'll make a couple of formatting changes and here we go. Right. You can't know what order your stories are gonna get published in. They so, have these, to so, be so you standalones. can't serialize them. They right. all have to be standalones. So so his conflicts are all short-term. Uh-huh. They're all mostly... They're bottle episodes. They're, yeah, they're bottle episodes. And they're motivated by more immediate, less, less high-arching trauma emotional kind of mm-hmm. concerns. Like, you know, I, I just said, I'm not afraid of whatever it is that that wizard has at the top of his tower guarding his treasure. Mm-hmm. I'll break in. I'll steal it. I'll make all of you look like idiots. Yeah, I'm a foreigner. You think I'm a barbarian? Fuck that. I'm going to do it. Right. That's all right, a Northerner. Form. Yeah, do it. Go do it. All right, like we said. All right, fine. Right. You know. Right. If I fail, I'm dead. Whatever. I won't care. Right. If I succeed, I'll show all of you up, and I'll be fucking rich. Right. Here I go. Right. You know. Um. That's that's the level of his emotional concern. Sure. In other cases, it's we're in the middle of a battle. I'm commanding part of a mercenary force that I'm the captain of, and like my motive is no, no. We're gonna cut our way through these motherfuckers. We're getting out of here in one piece, and I'm gonna find the guy leading them, and I'm gonna kill a shit out of him. Okay. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's blood and guts adventure. For sure. You know, and and it's it's the scale is bigger because mm-hmm. now we've got two armies, and there's the fate of a kingdom on the line, and all mm-hmm. this. But his emotional concern is no, no, no. I'm angry at you. Right. So I'm gonna kill however motherfucker, however many motherfuckers I gotta kill to get to you. Right. And then I'm gonna rip your pencil, your head off your pencil neck. Right. That's that's Conan. Yeah. I hope right? you
1: leave enough room for my fist because I'm gonna ram yeah, it cause cause into your stomach. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna ram it yeah. And rip out your goddamn spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty
0: much. You know. And so uh, the cult of Set in the mm-hmm. books is the state religion of Stygia. Mhm. In the movie, right, it's a cult,
1: right? It's a tumor in the, in, on the
0: on 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 yeah. on on the planet.
1: Well, I mean it's not a tumor.
0: Not a tumor. Nice. Fuck you. <laughs> That's one for you there. Yeah. That's yeah. good. But but the set cult in the movie is mm-hmm. like our 20th century Conception of a cult. It's it's not I a religious. I would point out cult. that
1: you just had Jim Jones.
0: That's what I'm about to get I'm to. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Is
0: we see Doom enthralling a horde of young people to follow him to the point of literal self sacrifice. Yep. One of my favorite scenes in an adolescent because, you know, nearly naked, well, one at one point naked girl and another point nearly naked girl. Right. Through weird charisma, sorcery, magical powers, moments before his death, mm-hmm. at the hero's hands, he exhorts his standing at the top of the temple, all all of them out in front of him. And he exhorts them all. You, my children, are the water that will wash away all that has gone before. Yes. In your hand you hold my light, the gleam in the eye of Set. This flame will burn away the darkness, burn you the way to paradise. Now the director's cut, he goes on Purging is at last at hand. Right. Day of Doom is here, all that is evil, all their allies Your parents, your leaders, those Those who would would call call themselves themselves your judges. judges. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Those who have lied and corrupted the earth, they shall all be cleansed. And my very next line is, think of the Manson family, Jonestown, to a lesser extent, Hare Krishna.
1: Yep. Uh, Real quick, uh, also the religious right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, and yeah. Uh, Falwell. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I would point out that uh, what you what you said was part of its part of the director's cut and part of its part of the theatrical cut. Interestingly, when it was shown on TV, they cut out sexy sexy. Yeah. They cut out booby booby. Mm-hmm. Um. They cut out a few of they the violence. Left violences. the snake
0: getting mutilated though.
1: Yeah. They did. Because it was a snake. Right. You know. But they left out talk some...
0: about buckets of fake blood. Like holy you... crap.
1: Uh, I love how he's chopping and yeah. chopping and he chops through it and he goes to chop one more time and he's like confused and he's like, yeah. Oh wait, oh, no wait, yeah. It's That's dead. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant yeah. moment. But so just real okay. quick, yeah. the the uh the the trap that he sets for um Falkor. Yeah. Not Falkor. No Fulgrim, Fulgrim. Falkor the, yeah. the, the, the luck dragon from yeah, the Never Ending Story. Yeah, no. no, so the trap that he sets that impales the guy. Yeah. That impaling and the blood splatter doesn't show in the in, in, the, the in the TV version. version. But the speech that you said is shown its entirety on the TV version to make up for the time that they lose. So they were cutting in wow. pieces. Yeah.
0: So the TV That's cut. weird. Yeah. I gotta say. All right. Yeah. So so talking about, I gotta talk about the, the giant snake scene. Sure. Though. One of the funniest moments of my adolescence. Mm-hmm. And and Bishop, I know, is listening. So you're gonna get, yeah. are you're, you're, miss you, man. So, I don't remember what time it was. We were probably 13 or 14. Everybody had been playing Dungeons & Dragons. We'd finished with the game. It was probably 2 o'clock in the morning. We're watching Conan the Barbarian. hmm And in that scene, you know, they break into the tower. They're down there on the floor. Right. And, and up top is, is you know, the, the girl. Culty stuff. The girl, The culty yep. stuff. Girl being hypnotized. And uh,
1: Re- Rexor doing yeah, the clappy Rexor thing. Yeah, Rexor
0: doing the clappy thing. And, and... You know, so they're they're down in the pit, and you know they're sneaking around. They yep, get up, yep, yep. and they and and they and they see the the, the gem, eye the, the, jewel, the eye of the serpent, and and you know they're they're you know trying to figure out you know how how they're going to get it and get out of there. And the snake slowly uncoils. You know, well that's them.
1: because Conan was sneaking so much that he was sweating, and his sweat yeah, dropped sweat, on drip, the snake's eye. On the snake, woke woke the the snake snake. up
0: snake and the snake starts uncoiling. Yes, and by this time Bishop and I had seen this movie. Thirty-three so times, fucking, yeah. I don't even know. So we knew we knew what was coming, yeah. And because we were punchy, because it was you know two thirty in the morning, sure. The snake rears up, and Bishop, with absolute perfect comic timing, says, "Look behind you, dipshit!" <laughs> and then he turns around. <laughs> and Conan turns around. <gasps> He's down.
1: up this way. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and we disintegrated <laughs> like. I'm amazed we didn't wake my parents up. <laughs> right. in the other end of the house. Because right. We just like to us in that <laughs> yeah. moment. That was the funniest Perfect. fucking thing we'd ever oh, yeah. heard. And even telling the story now, I'm like, that is, is. one of Bishop's better moments of comic timing. <laughs> and he he knows from when to when to throw a zinger. Sure. So anyway, massive massive segue. But yeah. um, so the the, the Conan, cult. Yeah. yeah, the cult. Conan cuts Doom's head off. Yes. And the cult, mm-hmm. leaderless, disperses.
1: Cut off the head of the snake.
0: Yeah. Yes. The cult of Set... He, when he cuts his head off, though, he
1: comes yeah. down with his father's broken sword. Sword, yes. The broken one. Yeah. The one that Rexor had and Conan fucking broke. Yeah. Like, all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? And he comes down and uh, uh of Doom is holding it as it's spurting. Right? Yeah. And then he... he uh, he turns him around and he hits him the other... He does a wedge cut, like yeah. like Subway Sandwich wedge cut. Yeah, yeah. You know, on yeah. the dude's head. Yeah. that's And then he does the final, the, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's... Well, like everything yeah. else. I mean, oh, yeah. buckets yeah. of fake blood. And so the the cult is hierarchical.
1: Yes, it with is. With doom at the top. Yes.
0: Pursues an agenda of corruption of existing kingdoms. Yep. Its leaders engage in decadent, literally orgiastic rites. Mm-hmm. This ties in mm-hmm. with Howard's ideas about decadent foreign civilizations. Okay, I also see a parallel to perception of the Soviet Union hierarchical, okay, masses controlled through you know propaganda, right? You know, programming, all this. The orgies, I'm not seeing, but no, the I'm rest, not, I'm but, not seeing but that, I do see what you're saying but, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this sense. Conan symbolizes a victory of individual will mm-hmm. over mechanism, mechanistic, corrupt state forces. Muchismo means libertarianism.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, back to the the because the, they're they're rescuing Max von Sydow's daughter. Yeah. Right. Um, King Osric's daughter. Yeah.
0: King King Osric Max uh, the 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 much missed. Yep. Even with a long life gone too soon. Yep. Max von Sydow.
1: So his daughter joins the cult. Yeah. Uh in the 70s you had Patty Hearst joining the SLA. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and so the aesthetic of the film uh-huh. is very dark ages. Yes. Okay. They even um,
1: discussed doing the music as using all ancient sound, uh yeah. music musical oh, instruments. Oh yeah, well and and, and the Polidor
0: score yeah. of course has all all those all timpani drums all yeah. And all of you know
1: really big, big heavy huge horns.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. That low uh, uh, range yeah. yeah yeah very yeah relatively very low pitched not, yes. not a lot of a, a lot of uh rhythm section yes with with just enough melody to to make it to carry it through to the next carry it through to the next time you're just banging on the drums yeah
1: it's like if Danny Elfman tried to be James Horner
0: oh that's brilliant yeah <laughs> um and and so now in the books Many of the kids Which was... oh
1: my god! I'm sorry to interrupt okay, you. Yeah, 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 But the Danny Elfman thing just reminded right. me of the beginning of the orgy scene. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, at the end, sometimes I feel <speaking> like I've got to
0: <speaking like-> so <speaking like> run away. <laughs> got to nice. Um, the snakes
1: you try to fire at me. <speaking like
0: <speaking Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the books described a whole bunch of the kings of the Hyborian Age as being glittering cosmopolitan places.
1: That's not what we saw. That's
0: not what we see in the movie. The film imagines a world where even the civilized are barely above barbarians themselves.
1: In fact, does it always smell this bad? How does the wind it, get in here?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Civilization. Well, that's, that's barbarian, yeah. barbarian virtue versus the corruption of civilization right. right there, which is like the only time the movie is true to, to Howard's. Mm-hmm. themes is like that one throwaway line. right? But um, uh, Conan's companions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Valeria, mm-hmm. A, who who does show up in the story. She's a lover of his okay. in, in one. Uh, she's turned into the love of his life in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Subotai. Mm-hmm. The two of them don't dress or think very much differently than Conan does. It's true. Uh, the film calls him a barbarian, but the line between barbarian and civilized is very blurry. Even King Osric, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have here Played by the great Max von Sydow in a role that clearly paid the mortgage for him, mm-hmm. looks like a Viking chieftain more than the king of a civilized nation. Oh yeah. So so in Millius's Mili- version you. of Hyboria, mm-hmm. in Milius' milieu, the theme is no longer civilization versus barbarism because there's no we don't see a real distinction. Everybody's a barbarian. It's the fucking Dark Ages. Yeah. It's individual vitality mm-hmm. versus collective malaise. It's all wow.
1: it's all Nietzsche. Wow, well, no, that's all nineteen eighty. That's uh, all that's all That's all the, the that that's 100 percent the 1980 presidential race. Yeah.
0: It's wow. Nietzsche, it's Nietzsche with Conan as yes. the Ubermensch. Yes. Okay. There's a weird post-apocalypse vibe to it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite there never being a stated apocalypse, the was dusty. Everything looks dusty.
1: Yeah, well, they're in northern. France. They're in, in northern Spain or Spain, Spain. Yeah,
0: towering ruins in the middle of nowhere. Everybody right. dresses in furs. Ties in with the Zitgeist being petrified of nuclear doomsday. True. Okay. Now, remember how I said we'd come back around to script drafts? Yes. Now, you've already shown enough. That you probably already know this, but mm-hmm. but for our, for our listeners, Stone's original script mm-hmm. was a post-apocalypse story. Yes in which uh, based, based uh, mashed up the, the Howard stories of which shall be born in Black Colossus. And and in it, the climax of the movie was going to be Conan leading an army against a horde of mutants. I was going to say, they're mutants in, or, in, in or goblins at some point. Yeah. It was mutants. Yeah. And and it should be noted that Stone was using a lot of coke and depressants at the time. And and, 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 and commentary on that script says, yeah, it was it was a cocaine fever dream. Like it was, it was yeah, like fucked up. Um, and so, again, Mm -hmm. the aesthetic is dusty, kind of post-apocalyptic furs. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's clothing looks new. Right, they're rich. I just want to say this is one of the things that that like twigged when I was watching Dark Crystal.
1: Mm, because it's a very lived-in universe, desert,
0: desert landscape, very lived-in universe, right. Same same kind of yeah. dark age kind of feel to it. A now Dark Beiges. Crystal was literally post apocalypse. It was. You know, but yeah. but you know, the vibe is there. Wow.
1: Oh, hang on a second. Okay. George Lucas did Star Wars. Yes. Very much a lived-in lived universe. in
0: universe. Which was revolutionary. Alien.
1: A lived-in universe. Lived universe. All these guys are yeah. making... Well, it's the 70s. It's the 70s. They're coming auteurs, up. So there's this all, idea yeah. of... Well, and there's this idea of urban blight. They live... I mean, they're going to school in LA. Yeah. And a lot of them did a lot of bicoastal stuff. LA to New yeah. York, right? And so and and so, both Skid, places. Skid Row is part Row, of visual yeah, lexicon. Yeah, absolutely. So, I
0: think also mm-hmm. they were reacting to... The, the whiz-bang, Buck Rogers, shiny future, chromed rocket ships aesthetic that science fiction had been before.
1: And the relatively inexpensiveness of being on a soundstage compared yeah. to shooting. And again, that auteur, the authenticity, they were yeah. going for that. Uh, you're shooting in real places, so everything needs to look real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, Book Conan mm-hmm. doesn't really have a partner. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a best buddy. Subotai mm-hmm. is his sidekick and loyal companion. Yeah, I'm gonna point out Subotai. I think is the only non-white character in the film. No, no,
1: no. The wizard. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also Thulsa also Doom. kind of
0: a sidekick figure, though.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Thulsa Doom also. Non-white. Oh
0: yeah. Well, yeah. No, my sorry.
1: right. Yeah, but no, no, you're 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 right though. I mean, there's there's and Thulsa
0: Doom of course is the bad guy.
1: Right. And there's a sense of Orientalism with uh, Doom. Yeah. So, so yeah. Racial,
0: racial implications. Yes. All I'm, I'm going to leave it there. The character of Valeria, mm-hmm. who I already mentioned once before, appears in Red Nails in the books and nowhere else. Oh, Red okay. Nails, by the way, is an awesome story. Okay. Um, it, it also has its moments where you're like, Bob. Bob this doesn't <laughs> age well. Apparently, he like had a phobia of lesbianism. So one of the one of the one of the antagonists mm-hmm. is a immensely queer coded female sorceress kind of figure. That's essentially who, who yeah. is who is looking like it. The the sorceress element is she's trying to transfer her soul into Valyria's body and possess her, so she can so she can maintain her immortality. Isn't that kind of flavors but of
1: what we see in the Red Sonia movie?
0: Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, but like, yeah. there's there's huge like almost overt lesbian overtones and it's really clear that for Howard this is like not, not okay. okay and but anyway so Valeria appears there and nowhere else movie Valeria is mm-hmm. a mashup of that Valeria and Bellet the pirate queen in Queen of the Black Coast okay Bellet in Queen of the Black Coast also dies mm-hmm. and has a supernatural return to save Conan when he's in desperate peril mm-hmm. just like Valeria in the movie. You know, she she appears as that apparition and all that stuff. right.
1: Um, as a valkyrie. as initially. a valkyrie. yeah,
0: yeah. So looking at time, mm-hmm. I think we can we can pause it here and okay. and the next one can be, the analysis of stuff and conclusion. Absolutely. Uh, what What do you want to say here? What are you What are you thinking?
1: That thing that you pulled on, uh, and and you you only kind of tugged at it for a second, but it was uh, the individual exceptionalism against the collective malaise. Yeah. That's. I mean. Let's yeah. Make, let's make America great again. Versus, mm-hmm. I mean, Carter literally had a speech called the General Malaise Speech. Like yeah, It's yeah. been called that since then because yeah. he he was the only person to actually say the State of the Union was not good. Yeah. Um. And so I just Pillar really of honesty. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I really <clears> would just kind of like to kind of come back to that. Yeah. Just that's that's what's selling at that time. Yeah. So yeah. All right, well, I am not reading anything new this week. Neither Um, am I. Okay, so uh, I really look forward to uh, the conclusion of this because this is fascinating stuff. Uh, I think it's it's funny to me uh, that the both of us are such fanboys of this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, That, like, maybe it's a generational thing. Um, I think
0: it's a generational... Part of it is it's a generational geek thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, because I... I own the DVD, you yeah. know, and prior to that, I had the VHS. It was always a thing that I bought, like you said. Yeah. you know, you buy every version that, that you come across. Um, but like, it's uh, it it is it is a movie that I will watch almost annually, mm-hmm. um, and I forever have touted it as being a vastly underrated movie. Like I gen I have a genuine appreciation of it, and it's not just because it imprinted on me as a five year old. Yeah, uh, it's it, there's a lot more to it than that.
0: It 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 manages to um, overcome yeah the, <laughs> the kind director. of dumbness of, <laughs> yeah. of 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 the bluntness of what the director was trying to do with the material. Mm-hmm. It I think he, you you, yeah. you said when we were talking about doing this episode, you mm-hmm. said it's accidentally a great movie. It is. And, and you're right. He fell over backward into Yeah, he fell over backward into a remarkable artistic success. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. All right. Well, uh, for Geek History of Time, I'm Damian Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, look behind you, dipshit.